This episode might be a little counterintuitive as we're going to be doing a two-parter as well to question the real impact of common financial habits. Are the strategies you consider beneficial actually working in your favor? So we're going to talk about that over the next two podcasts here on Mondays with Matt. Welcome to Mondays with Matt with Matt Starkey. Start each week fresh with sound financial advice. Grab your coffee and maybe a pen. It's time to kick off your week with Matt. Hey, everybody. Welcome into the podcast. Mondays with Matt once again into the new year. Matt and Mark here to talk to you about investing, finance, and retirement. Of course, Matt is the investment advisor, representative, and president and owner at Great Lakes Retirement Solutions. And I'm here to lob questions at him and get him to give us some feedback on that. And we're going to do this two-part episode on good money habits. Uh, that It's good to have the good habit working, but are, are you viewing it in the right framework or are you doing parts of that that could be causing you or holding you back in other areas? So we'll have a little uh, fun discussion on that. New year, new good topic to kind of think about as we're launching into a brand new year. So that's the, uh, that's the docket this week on the show. What's going on, my friend? How you doing? New year, new me, right? That's right. Well, <laughs> how many of those resolutions have you broken so far? Well, we're taping this on the third. We're going to drop this first one on the fourth. So a lot of people usually break them within the first four or five days. Isn't that right? Yeah. 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 Well, the, hey, no one, don't call me out yet, but I have not ordered anything on Amazon so far this year. Is that, your, is that what you're doing, not doing Amazon? <laughs> I, I'm not a big Amazon shopper, but we're only three days in. So. Yeah. I think uh, I think January 12th is supposed to be um, the, the deadline. Supposedly, if you can make it to January 12th with your resolution, you can stick to it. Yeah. So. They say like 21 days consistent. And yeah. um, you you pretty much have a new habit yeah. too. So yeah. if you can make twenty one days for all you New Year's resolution setters, you know I if we can make a week, you know you're doing you're pretty doing good. good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, but, I, I'm not usually big on New Year's resolutions, but this year my my wife and I decided to go ahead and do one, and uh, I really got to make some dietary changes for health reasons. And so speaking of the twenty one days, we're doing a twenty one day. Uh, diet from from the doctor that wants me to do some stuff, and uh, I'm I'm working on zero sugar right now, so my my brain's a little fuzzy, Matt. But uh, hopefully zero sugar, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean I, zero you know, sugar. We kind of talked about that. It's yeah, amazing. That's, that's really interesting because it's really hard to find everything sugar free. Oh like, yeah, and truly sugar free too, right? So it's yeah. it's definitely that you know they put a lot of little you know, verbiage on things. But when you go digging, sometimes you're like, Oh, nope, there it is. <laughs> so, it It so, is. It's amazing how much sugar is in so many, in so many items. Why is there sugar in ketchup? But there is, you know, yeah, does there's there a lot of really sugar. need to be. Yeah. yeah so. There's a lot of sugar in a lot of things. Yeah. yeah. So sure. I, I admire you. I, I wish you well, hopefully, uh, you know, you make it through our podcast. Yeah, here. Uh, yeah I'll make uh, it through. We'll, we'll we'll check back in in the February episodes and see how I'm doing. Right? Yeah, drink lots of water though. Too. I am yeah, doing that. I'm sure, yeah. that's part of the part of the gig. It definitely but. is. Well, let's get into it. I've got five I okay. want to break down this week, and then we'll do five on the next episode. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you the good. I'm going to give you the kind of the uh, the topic, if you will. And then I'm going to give you the good side, the good part of the habit. And then I want you to kind of give us a, you know, maybe the counterpoint as to where, you know, it could be holding us back a little bit. You know, is that good habit always good? So uh, it'll make sense here as we get into this, folks. Oh, so, so, okay. So follow All along right. here. But let's start with ignoring account statements, right? You get your account statement in. A lot of people just throw them in the drawer. They don't even look. So if you habitually look at these things, open them up and read them, that's a good habit, right? That's a good habit that you're actually mm -hmm. paying attention to your account. However, if by opening that 
you you always kind of overreact to oh no I lost a thousand dollars right or oh my account's down two thousand dollars or something like that and it makes you feel like you've constantly got to change or tinker with your investment portfolio then maybe that's not a good habit does that make sense yeah yeah it does make sense and um you know I had that conversation with lots of folks if you you know if you guys uh, are going to look at your statement and it's going to cause you concern fear panic any of those emotions right um yeah some it is a good sometimes to not necessarily you I, I wouldn't say to look not look at them but right. uh, you know but don't overreact don't don't, don't overreact yeah because yeah. your your portfolio is going to operate within parameters so one of the other reasons i guess why it why it may be a bad idea to um, set that statement aside is you know if you had any account changes that have have taken place and um, you want to make sure that um, those changes are what you anticipated them to be sure like also, what if, some, yeah, if you saw a withdrawal and you didn't make one right Exactly. Yep. Yep. Because uh, if you get trade confirmations regularly, um, a lot of times these are very confusing for people. I will admit, but if you know, if you miss a trade confirmation, trading happens. You know, we're we're more of a passive investment advisor, so we don't trade a lot. But you know, right. if you have money coming out monthly, you might get trade confirmations regularly. You know, there's there's opportunities for. Uh, I, I want to say fraud, but things can happen. But we we typically get notified. You'll get notified as well. Um, I, I actually tell clients that uh, because they work with an advisor, it's a good thing be- in terms of fraud in statements. Because sure, yeah. Um, if you try to go direct with these companies, um, they get instruction that counters what you have in place with us. They'll say go back through your advisor, and um, so that's a good thing. Yeah, there's um, a redundancy there. Yeah, but but it, like if you're not um, opening your statements, you know, and you know there there may be a a call for some portfolio adjustments or you want to make some changes. So it's good to review your statements and ignoring those statements can be bad, can be harmful, especially if you have um, consistent money coming out and you know, you will, you want to pay attention, make sure that sure. we're, your portfolio is doing what we designed it to do. Yeah, so just yeah, don't, don't just, ignore them completely. <laughs> right. But don't overreact to them every time it, it every time it dips down a little bit. Right. Sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And, and I think most of us are, are geared that way that we're going to, not overreact, but but, so, but if, you're, if you're feeling more yeah. and more conservative, if you're getting older, if things have changed, um, you want to get a hold of us right away, and we can begin to think about how to make that change if yeah, you do need for sure. Okay, yep. number two, keeping a strict budget. All right, so a lot of times in a in a couple in a relationship, right? There's one who is very budget minded. There's one who's not. Right. Often mm-hmm. that's the case. And, and so it's certainly a good habit. Right. Because what, what's some of the good to it? Well, it ensures discipline, spending and saving as well. And it helps you achieve financial goals. But if you're too tight with it, especially if because that gear change, Matt, from working years to retirement years, sometimes one party has troubles actually enjoying what they've saved. Right. So you, you, you got to be careful. Like the a budget's a great idea, but don't be so restrictive that you don't enjoy yourself. Absolutely. Yep. You know, keeping a strict budget, as you mentioned, is good because it ensures discipline, ensures that we're meeting our goals for retirement that we worked with with our financial advisor. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the bad thing is if your budget is too restrictive, you might miss out on some things. You know, um, a lot of people that, you know, have <laughs> somebody in mind currently, you know, it's just they're leaving a ton of money to their kids. And I'm like, you go, guys, why don't you go? Do you want to go on vacation? Do you, you want to use some of that? Right, exactly. And they're like, "Oh, I don't, you know, I don't travel anymore, you know, and I don't. He won't fly, and she, you know, she doesn't like to drive, and they're just like living her life doing nothing." And I'm like, 
come on, you've got, they've got over a million dollars of just sitting there. They're yeah. not doing anything. They take the money out. They reinvest it. They like to grow it. They like to get their interest, but you can't miss out on life folks. I, you, right, you know, right. definitely keeping a strict budget is good. And the goal of that budget is to operate within some parameters to get ahead in life and to make sure that you're living on less than what you're bringing in. So you have some savings or you have some investment for the future. But you also don't want to get to the end of the path and be like, boy, I wish we'd have done this. Boy, I wish we'd have yeah. done that. Right. When you yeah. certainly when you could have. Uh, what's the old I heard the, the old saying is make sure that you enjoy yourself and, and fly, you know, fly first class, because if you don't, your kids will. <laughs> that's right. right. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, the other thing is don't don't put off that life long uh, desired vacation when you can afford to go. I mean, right. you got and the, the thing about budgeting is, um, yeah, it keeps us disciplined. But um, there's also these experiences that you can totally miss out on life. It, you know, if you want to go to the pyramids in Egypt, you know, book the trip. Yeah. Yep. We know, can't buy more want, time and, and we can't buy back regret. Right. So. You, you really can't. And life happens and sometimes things come up and you may not be physically feeling good any longer, to, or good enough to travel. So do these things while you have some funds and you have, you know, and I always say like budget, add a vacation line item to your budget. I mean, that's, that's definitely in there. Entertainment, you know, sure. going out to eat, you know, all these things. I mean, I have uh, some folks that, you know, like to take out their children to, to, when they go out, they like to pay for, pay the bill. Right. But, you know, I said, well, you know, they, they made mention that it was starting to add up, you know, this, this child wants to go out every weekend. And if they bring the other sister or brother with them and their family, I mean, it's a lot of money. Yeah. And I said, well, then you tell them we're going to go out every other week. That's what we'd like to set up, you know, rather than every week. Cause then that, that puts you in a negative position in your budget and exactly. it does, yep. it does cause you to lose out on other experiences. Exactly. So, so yep. you know, it's a good habit to keep that budget, but don't let it choke you either. So uh, don't get too crazy with it. All right. Number three, investing in familiar stocks. Okay. Good habit. Invest in what you know, right? That's been sage advice for many years, uh, it, but it's easier to understand the system when you follow those companies because you like them. So just be careful. Like you don't want to necessarily just uh, you know, I'm sure, I know advisors all over the place have been like, especially right there in Michigan, right? Well, I'm I'm heavily invested in the company out in Ford or you know GM or GM something, or right, or whatever it might be. But it's like, okay, but don't be so far into it just because you're familiar that you lack that diversification. Right, absolutely. So you got to you got to be careful with uh, in stock familiarity. You know, um, I've told this story before, but I had a friend who's who's a financial planner. Uh, his dad uh, was. Uh, airline pilot for United years, years ago, uh, retired from there and his, had his pension there. And he was just, he loved the stock, loved the company and the loyalty got him. And he had his whole 401k over a million bucks in his 401k all in United Airlines stock. Well, guess what happened to United years ago? They filed for bankruptcy. His whole 401k was gone, completely obliterated in a heartbeat and it never came back. So you got to be careful. I mean, it, and it's good to invest in what we know for sure. We want good understanding, but you got to be careful because one of the bad sides of this could be, you know, lack of diversification yep. will increase the risk. So we got to just just pay think, attention just to what think we're about doing. the Enron people, right? Yeah, go way back use to that. a use a disinterested third party like your financial planner or advisor because this is a big thing. Believe it or not, I get a lot of children of parents that work for these companies, and mm. they inherit the stock. Yep. Or maybe their spouse picked the stock and they don't want to sell it all necessarily. And I'm like, look, 
<laughs> you can't put all your loyalty, you can't put all your eggs in one basket. Now, if you got that amidst lots of other holdings, you know, that right, it is right. a truly true diversification of the portfolio, then we're okay. Yeah, know? like but, like um, dad don't... left me some Coke stock and I just can't sell it because it, he really loved it kind of thing, yeah, right? Yeah. If, yep. Even if it may no longer make sense for you, uh, you know, make sure that you don't have too much of an emotional attachment to things. Exactly. Yeah. And that's where we, that's where, uh, like I said, the disinterested third party can very easily uh, breathe some logic into your emotional, okay. you know, like there you go. lifestyle there. So, so you, you kind of see where we're going with those folks, right? So these things, they have good, they have mostly good sides, but just be careful not to, like anything, it's balance, right? Be careful not to go too far in any one direction. Uh, let's do number four here, embracing the automation, right? So we've got so much automation in the world now and it can, you know, we can easily kind of want to push back and go, I'm tired of AI or automated this, that, or the other. Yeah, so it's certainly good. There's good parts to it, right? It makes investing safe, uh, simple, mm-hmm. right? It makes investing and saving oh, simple. Automatic bill, yeah. Automatic bill pay is a huge. Yeah, insurance. I, I love yeah, automation exactly. in that sense because it keeps me from paying late fees. There you go. <laughs> insures those timely payments. To your point, right? Retirement account contributions or you know things like rebalancing even can be done automated, right? So tax loss harvesting is possible. So there's lots of good, but what's some what's some things that could uh, could lead us in the wrong direction? Yeah. Um, well, you get. Too automated, and you could kind of disengage from your own plan, so to speak. Um, you, <laughs> you set it and forget it. Yeah, you, you do. You, uh, very candidly, you know, I've got a lot of folks that contribute monthly to their uh, IRAs, and they, you know, they set those up. They they get them on autopilot, and you know, it is it's easy. I I, I applaud them because they're a successful investor. You sure. get systematically going, um, but you can't disengage from the the planning process from the um, review where our accounts are growing and do we need to change, make any changes? So it pretty much, if you, if you're good on automation, there's a lot of super great benefits. Um, like you mentioned, rebalancing, we automatically do that for you. So you can kind of not necessarily have to pay attention to that, but don't, uh, get too automated to a fault. You want to make sure you're paying attention to things. I know they got these, I've seen these ads recently for these apps that go onto your, go onto your phone. Of course. And, but what it does is it measures all the monthly, monthly bills that you're paying that you kind of don't realize or you forget, Hey, I got a subscription to this uh, Netflix on my phone, but then wait, yeah, my spouse or my kids or somebody else might have that same subscription going. It's like, you're double paying for these things. So mm-hmm. it is good to pay attention. Don't disengage completely when you hit the automation um, but automation can be very powerful too. So. Yes, yeah, stay invested in what you're investing in. So, yep. Okay. All right. And then the last one for this episode patience getting into the stock market. Okay. The good, right? So it's a good habit because you might avoid, you know, entering the market at its peak, right? And then they're thereby doing exactly what you're not supposed to do. We wind up buying high when we don't want to do that. Uh, <laughs> and so, you yep. know, everybody else is kind of maybe acting irrationally and all that kind of stuff. But you want to make sure that you've got some patience and you're you're doing this, you're checking to make sure things are right. But you also don't want to be too stingy with like when when to invest or when to do something because you could miss out on on opportunities. Very much so. Um, this is correct. You know, timing the market is really almost an impossible. Yeah, task. and I don't mean and timing the market, right? I just mean just like just being yeah. like, when do I get in, and just and then sitting on the sidelines and never doing anything. Yeah, and being patient. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but often, you know, if you're too patient, or like you said, if you're sitting there too long, um, yeah, you might you might miss out on the actual best time to buy as prices are low. Um, but 
Um, so as we mentioned before, systematically, we, we kind of do that monthly. We'll buy in. So if we have a big chunk of money, let's say you inherited some money and you want to invest it, but you want to do it prudently, wisely, and maybe patiently, oftentimes I'll, I'll recommend that we do um, a percentage every every month and we just spread that out for maybe a year or six months or depending on how uh, somebody how quickly somebody wants to get that money in. And one of the benefits to doing that is um, we can we can sit on funds a little bit longer. And um, but the the bad side or the downside is, yeah, you, you don't want to if the market's on an uptick and you're you see the stock prices heading heading, you know, to the north or they're raising quickly, um, you might miss out on opportunities if you're not getting your your investing feet together here quick enough. So yeah, I mean, think why? about folks who, who uh, you know, we'll wrap it up with this, but think about folks who got burned in 2008. I get it, right? You got burned, you lost 40% or whatever. And so you got out or, or whatever the case is, and then you decided you weren't sure when you wanted to get back. When do I go back? When do I go back? Well, then you wind up sitting too long and you missed what wound up being a massive bull run over the next decade, right? You know, so yeah, you just, and, and this is something know. too, yeah, that's something too that you might talk, think of talking to your financial advisor to say, how much do I plan to get back into the market? Um, maybe all True. of it, but maybe maybe it's not all of it. But we're sitting patiently on the sidelines because we're just kind of like, well, I'm not really sure how much I should have invested. So this this is a good time to you know review that investing goal. What are we saving and investing for? Are we going to reach that goal? And should I be investing more? Or should I be sitting on the sidelines with some of it? So. There you go. All right. Well, that's going to be the first half of the podcast for our good habits sometimes holding you back. So hopefully that helps you out a little bit as you're thinking about, hey, it's good to have the habit, but let's not let it cripple us by being a little too rigid. I uh, still want to have flexibility and balance, just like anything in a financial strategy. And if you need some help with that, reach out to Matt, of course, as always, before you take any action. Find him online at GreatLakesRetirementSolutions.com. That's GreatLakesRetirementSolutions.com. And don't forget to subscribe. Subscribe to the podcast Mondays with Matt. Matt, thanks for hanging out, buddy. Thank you, Mark. Hey, thanks, everybody. We're glad that you're listening to our podcast. We really hope that you share it with your friends and family and those that you care about, um, giving them some helpful hints and topics that they can uh, think about a little bit and maybe put to good use in some action on their plan. So don't forget to share. We'd love to uh, have you listening. Thank you. Absolutely. We'll see you next time right here on Mondays with Matt with Matt Starkey. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.